Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you like our podcast, I'd encourage you to check out our website, familybiblejourney.com. That's familybiblejourney, all lowercases, no spaces, dot com, where you can find links to our social, support the ministry, or find other resources, especially if you're journaling with us through the Bible. Thanks for listening. This is Episode 6, Season 1 of the Family Bible Journey New Testament Podcast. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. The title of today's podcast is Tempted Without Sin. Our key verses for today's podcast are the words of Jesus from chapter 4, verses 4 and 10. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And verse 10, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Our reading for today. So immediately after being baptized, Jesus, we are told, is led up into the wilderness where he is tempted by Satan 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Just as Moses was on the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights, so too Jesus now is tempted and tested for 40 days and 40 nights by the tempter himself. And this temptation, we see that Jesus is tempted in every way as we are, yet he was without sin. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the writer of Hebrews says, For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we have, yet was without sin. This is good news for us, that Jesus was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin, because we know that he came to fulfill the law in our place. And here in this story, we see a summary of the many temptations that Jesus was proffered by Satan, not only in this 40 days of temptation, but throughout his earthly life. Because Satan knew if he could get Jesus to trip up just one time, that he would have won the victory and he would be God of this earth just as he had wanted to be in the beginning. And so Jesus deals with Satan and all the temptations throughout his ministry. But in this passage, we get to see a, a bit brief summary of these temptations. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge what sin is and how temptation begins. And I do have one of those words of wisdom sections here on chapter 4. It says, Every temptation begins with, did God really say? We go back into the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve, and that's how the temptation begins, right? Did God really say? Every temptation of Satan is simply a questioning of God's word. It is a questioning of God's goodness. It is a questioning of God's intent. Satan loves nothing more than to get us on uneven footing with God, to get us in a state of disequilibrium, get us off balance, off kilter, so that then he can confuse us and lead us into sin. And when we are confused and when we listen to his voice over God's way, then Satan gets to have his way with us and with our lives and all sorts of hell breaks loose and we suffer consequences for it. But thanks be to God, he still loves us because Jesus, even though he was tempted, was tempted without sin. And I want to note on these three temptations that Satan afflicts Jesus in mind, body, and spirit. In the first temptation that we see, this temptation to turn stones into loaves of bread is an attack on Jesus' body. He has fasted for 40 days. He is weak. His, his body is impoverished. He, he is yearning for some sort of physical sustenance that he has denied himself for as he is preparing for his earthly ministry. And, and I love the portrayal of this temptation with the traditional amount of temptation is actually in the hills up above Jericho. And I've been there a number of times. And, and I, as I'm 
telling this story, I can see in my mind's eye the monastery, the ancient monastery that is there atop of the hill. And there's this gondola that goes up from Tel Jericho, which is ancient Jericho, the time of Joshua and the judges. And this gondola goes up there to that monastery. And it is believed that Jesus was tempted up in one of those caves up there on that hill for 40 days. And then he would have wandered over towards Jerusalem, delirious from his hunger and delirious from his thirst. And in that wilderness area between the Mount of Temptation and Jerusalem, there is a, a desert hillside that is just covered with all sorts of stones. They're, they're a chalky, uh, brownish, tan, white colored stone. And many of them are about the shape and about the size of a loaf of bread. And so it isn't hard, if you've been there before, to imagine how Jesus, delirious as he would have been from his temptation and from his fasting, could have been looking at those stones and they may even appear to him as loaves of bread in the distance. And that's what Satan is preying on. That's what Satan is tempting Jesus with. These stones that are right there, that are everywhere, that are covering the hillside, that he could just turn one of those into a loaf of bread. Then his hunger would be satisfied. But Jesus says, no. Because he knows that his father has given him this burden and that we who often succumb to temptations of the flesh, be it lust, be it greed, whatever it may be, he is going to resist them temptation to feed his hunger by using his divine power on his personal behalf because that's what he had come to do. Yes, Jesus is the son of God. Yes, he has the power to turn stones into loaves of bread, but he chooses not to. Because in taking his place under the law, he does not avail himself of his divine power so that he can truly and fully fulfill the law of God as one of us. And so Jesus successfully combats that first temptation. And the second one, where Satan takes a passage and he twists it, he twists it out of its context. He takes Jesus there up to the pinnacle of the temple, which was anywhere between 100 and 200 feet high and he tells Jesus to throw himself off of there that the angels would catch him that there was that psalm that said his he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone Jesus says no you not put the Lord your God to the test this is an attack on Jesus's mind Satan's trying to confuse him he's he's taking those passages out of context he's twisting them he's trying to to use them and use them to manipulate Jesus. But Jesus, who is the very word of God, will not be confused. He will not be confounded by Satan. And so this second temptation, he, he puts it away and, and he deals with it successfully. He combats it successfully. Even though we as human beings are often confused and often sin in our confusion, again, it could be a sin of of passion. It could be a sin of lust. It could be a, a sin of, of confusion where, like many of the patriarchs, we knew that God had promised great things for us, but in our desire to have those things, instead of trusting God and his timing to get them in the way and in the time that God has de deemed best and the way that God has deemed appropriate for us, we take matters into our own hands and we end up short-circuiting God's plans for us because we don't want to wait. We don't want to be patient. And so we scheme and we plot and we plan and we prod until we force our way over and against God's and again, bring hell to bear on our own lives as a consequence for our sin. Jesus was not confused as we often are. That last temptation that we see Satan throws at Jesus, that he would worship Satan. This is a temptation aimed at the spirit of God and the spirit of Jesus because he promises Jesus all of the riches of the world if he would just worship him, which is 
the temptation that Satan throws at us every single time, that if we would just trust in him a little bit more than God, if we would just put our faith in him, then everything would be fine. Then we will get our way. Then we will have our heart's desires fulfilled. That's what Satan tries to get us to believe every day. And any time that we buy into his lies, Anytime that we trust him over and against God, we are guilty of putting our faith in Satan over God. We are guilty of putting our faith in ourselves over God. And this is that first commandment sin, that worshiping of false gods. And all of those false gods are figments of our imagination. They are different ways that Satan portrays himself to get us to worship him instead of God because that is what he wants. He wants our love. He wants our attention. Even though he has nothing but hatred and vilest plans against us, he wants us to worship him. And so Jesus, again, does away with his temptation and he says, no, he will not worship Satan because God said that we should worship him and him alone. And then we are told that when the temptation is concluded, that Satan left Jesus, he left Jesus defeated, and that the angels then were ministering to Jesus. And so at the very first chapter of Jesus' earthly ministry, we see that he is already doing battle against Satan. And he is doing it in a, in a face-to-face, hand-to-hand, man-to-demon fashion for us. And he is victorious from the outset. And this is really, really, really good news for those of us who find ourselves often or at times succumbing to Satan's lies, listening to his voice instead of the voice of the one who loves us and tends our souls, and being led into all sorts of sin, shame, and great vice. Because that is the human lot, is it not? That our nature is opposed to God, that it is inclined toward evil, that we take great pleasure sometimes in the evil that Satan lures us into, And even though I say that we are lured into it, it is our fault for listening. It is our fault for going the wrong way because God has blessed those of his children with his Holy Spirit that we would know the difference between right and wrong. And he has given us a spirit that we would choose right instead of the wrong. So we thank God and we praise him that he has forgiven us all these sins in Christ Jesus. And we celebrate the victory that Jesus has over Satan here in the opening part of Matthew chapter 4 is our victory over sin, Satan, and death because he has won that victory for us and it is ours forever because of his great love for us. If this podcast is a blessing to you and you would like to make a financial investment in our ministry, go to the website familybiblejourney.com where you can make a one-time contribution or even better yet, become one of our monthly sponsors. I receive zero compensation from this podcast because it is 100% a labor of love for you. 90% of your donation goes to our cause and 10% a tithe to other ministries we support. All contributions are tax deductible. And as always, thank you for your investment and thanks for listening. Our blessing for today. May you rest secure in God's grace, knowing Jesus was tempted yet did not sin, For you and your salvation. Amen.